0: The ICP goes back uh, 130-some odd years now and and really started as an international organization with just the U.S. and uh, chiefs from Canada,
1: and they really were on the forefront of things that we now take for granted. Good morning, and welcome to this month's edition of the FBI National Academy Associates Leadership APB Podcast Series. My name is Tony Bailey, and I'm the Director of Education and Training for the Association. Today's podcast is sponsored by T-Mobile for Government and entitled IACP Partnership with the FBI NAA and an update on the IACP Trust Building Campaign. And now it's my pleasure to have joining us today, IACP President, John Letney. John Letney was sworn in as the chief of police for the Thomasville, Georgia Police Department in January of 2021, after retiring from North Carolina law enforcement. He serves as the chief of police for Southern Pines, North Carolina Police Department from 2005 through 2012, and the Apex, North Carolina Police Department from 2012 to 21. In 2005, Chief Letney retired as a captain, a zone commander for the Monroe County Sheriff's Office in Rochester, New York. During his 41-plus year law enforcement career, he has served in patrol, investigations, training, accreditation, tactical operations, inspections, and administration. Chief Letney was sworn in as a president of the International Association of Chiefs of Police in October of 2022 and has represented the IACP throughout the membership. He is a past president of the North Carolina Association of Chiefs of Police and is an active in many professional community and educational associations. Chief Letney holds an advanced law enforcement certificate in North Carolina, is certified by the Georgia Association of Chiefs of Police as a chief executive, has a master's degree in public administration, and is a graduate of the FBI Command College and the 248th session of the FBI National Academy. Welcome John. It's great to have you join us on today's podcast.
0: Good morning, Tony. It's great to be here. and appreciate the opportunity.
1: We're so glad uh, you could join us. One of the great things about the FBI NAA uh, are great relationships and partnerships. Speaking of partnerships, the ICP and the FBI NAA seem to have a unique connection. Can you tell us how the ICP was a part of the founding of the National Academy?
0: Yeah, it really is a very unique relationship that goes back to the the founding of the National Academy. And uh, it was a then IACP president many decades ago, uh, who was in a conversation with the then FBI director. And they were talking about a way to enhance policing through education and mutual cooperation. It was that conversation, I'm told, that then led to what is now the FBI National Academy. And, and I think it's, it's fitting that, uh, that the IECP and the National Academy really have a a relationship that goes back to that founding because of how closely we have worked together and the fact that our, our goals and the opportunities we see to train up the next generation of leaders uh, really uh, is throughout both associations and organizations. And, and, and I think we both work together to make that happen.
1: Yeah. Any interesting historical perspective on how IACP has advanced the profession in working with the FBI?
0: Yeah. So everyone knows about uniform crime reporting, at least everyone in our, our business, I'm, I'm sure. And of course, now we're moving towards the national incident-based reporting system. But UCR uh, was really the, the initial uh, foundation for how we report crime stats across the country and how we do so in a way that's consistent and uh, is comparable the, the UCR, that concept uh, really started at the IACP and was, was put together through the IACP in a partnership with the FBI. And similarly, the concept of fingerprinting uh, began uh, with that partnership of the IACP and the FBI. And it, the IACP goes back uh, 130 some odd years now and, and really started as an international organization with just the U.S. and uh, chiefs from Canada. And they really were on the forefront of things that we now take for granted. But again, it's those it's those forward thinking, visionary leaders that we have not only in the IACP but in the FBI and the FBI National Academy Associates that see a problem, see an issue, and find a way to solve it. And and now you know a hundred some odd years later, we just take those things for granted. But uh, but somebody had to come up with them and had to had to think about that and really make it work.
1: It definitely. Uh... A lot of innovation over the years, so that's, uh, that's great. You know, part of the, the early days uh, and the involvement of the National Academy and with the FBI and uh, some of our advancements in the profession, you know, the, you mentioned the FBI and AA, again, and the involvement IACP has with the, the National Academy Associates and things like that. The ICP hosts a dinner each session and has been doing so for many years now. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, so the IECP is is uh, proud to be able to host a dinner for the attendees each session uh, in partnership with the National Academy Associates and, and, of course, the FBI and the National Academy. Um, as president, one of the the honors I have is to represent the IECP at those dinners. And while I haven't been able to make them all because of schedule, if it's, uh, you know, it maybe a past president, maybe a vice president, and it's usually our deputy executive director, Terry Cunningham, also a graduate th- that attends. And, and uh, we just do. A short presentation, 20, 25 minutes, about the IECP, about some of the things we've already talked about, um, and about that partnership. And, and what ICP is all about. Because a lot of people think that being the International Association of Chiefs of Police, that it's all about chiefs. And it's not. Uh, we have members uh, uh, from every rank, every level, every type of organization internationally where we have line officers, we have supervisors, we have accreditation managers, we have training directors, certainly a lot of sworn, but a lot of civilian uh, folks in law enforcement agencies, in research organizations, in partnership organizations, uh, that make up the the breadth and the depth of the IACP. And so through this this presentation, we also encourage uh, the hopefully soon to be graduates uh, of the session to consider joining and bringing their expertise to the table. And I think that's one of the things that uh, both the FBI, INA, and the IACP can do, to, uh, do together, which is is harness this, this expertise we have across our profession and then cross-pollinate some of these great ideas. And there are many places that, that need that expertise and, and you know we can be the conduit uh, for doing so. And I remember back when I went through in, in session 248, I remember going to the IACP dinner, and of course, I was a member, uh, and I was a little bit involved in in a division and a committee, but never really expecting I would uh, I would have gone through the board uh, roles and, and now be the president. But I remember that dinner, and I remember being very proud of the partnership that the IACP had with the National Academy, in, in that they would be there to support and help the, the attendees, and then also talk about ways that they can continue to give back uh, in, through the their service and through their association uh, with uh, with the IACP, we also offer uh, a free one year membership to uh, anyone who's attending at the time. You know, a little way to get them involved, see what it's about, kick the tires, and uh, and hopefully continue on in their membership.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I remember that dinner well um, in my session in 242. So it's uh, always a pleasure to see the uh, support uh, that you get from, you know, the leadership and the different associations. We serve the same communities and we're serving the same issues around the world. And it's nice when you can collaborate, see that we're all on the same team and developing leaders. Absolutely. Can't help but to, uh, to ask about, you know, the, in the title, International Association of Chiefs of Police. And with the FBI National Academy and the National Academy Associates, of course, they host and um, deliver the, this executive level training to members all across the world as well. The FBI and AA and the ICP are both associations with global members. Talk a bit o- about our partnership and overlap.
0: Yeah, I think there's no surprise that uh, we have a significant overlap in our membership. Uh, So most of the IACP leadership are graduates of the National Academy. Most of the people who uh, step up to lead, be that in committees and sections and work groups and task forces and and things that we put together, are National Academy graduates. And and I, I think that that speaks to not only the value of uh, membership in both associations, but the type of people that we attract and the type of leaders that we pour into from our various perspectives, and then the opportunities we provide them to serve beyond their jurisdiction, so beyond their agency, beyond their region, beyond their state, and really uh, offer a global stage. Uh, Whenever I travel internationally, and and I do a fair amount these days, I always run into someone who's an NA graduate. And uh, we always have a great conversation because it's about that shared experience. Uh, I had the opportunity last last year to uh, to go to Interpol uh, in Lyon, France, and spent some time in Paris. And one of my very good friends from Session 248 is a member of the French Gendarme. And I told him up front, we, and we kept in touch over over the last decade or so, and uh, told him I was coming. And uh, he drove a couple hours to pick me up at the Paris airport. We spent several days with him and his family uh, in, in his, his jurisdiction, a rural part of France, really learned a whole lot more about uh, French policing, but just had a great time reminiscing about the the National Academy. you know the years and the miles uh, go by, but the friendships that we make at the National Academy transcend both and uh, and that's just one example of of many uh, and so I learned from him still and, and I think the the subject matter experts that that we have at the IECP, that the FBI National Academy Associates have, we continue to work together on so many various projects, but we're working in the same space. And we're bringing expertise from a global perspective, again, back to those places that, uh, that need it. And in doing so, we enhance our profession collectively.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. You mentioned prospective projects and things that the different associations are working on and things. As always, IACP has many initiatives and ongoing focus areas. I've been hearing about this trust-building campaign that you guys are doing. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
0: Sure. So the IACP trust-building campaign is the umbrella focus for the IACP over the next several years. So what we realized a couple years ago is that every new IACP year, you have a new president and a few new board members. And and while every initiative is important, there was a start and stop. So last year, under the leadership of uh, now immediate past president, Dwight Henninger from Vail, Colorado, we realized that that start and stop wasn't always very good for ongoing programs. Uh, and we wanted to work on trust building. And so in that conversation, all of the upcoming presidents, which would be the numbered vice presidents, at the time it was vice president number one through five, um, we all agreed that trust building would be our focus for the next uh, then six years, and it would turn into the development of this trust building campaign that that Dwight really shepherded uh, during his year as as president. Uh, It came into being uh, uh, mid to late 2022 as a a program. And there's basically six focus areas uh, that the IACP uh, has put forth as trust building that we would ask agencies to commit to and develop processes and programs and so on over the next 12 to 36 months. So the key policies and promising practice areas are bias-free policing, use of force, leadership and culture, recruitment, hiring, and retention, victim services, and community relations. Within those six areas, there's 25 key areas that we ask agencies to really look at. And then and if they're not doing things already, consider doing so. Establishing policies and, and, and procedures, doing some training, doing some outreach, things like that. It, it's not a heavy lift at all for an agency that is already accredited or certified by one of the, the organizations. They're doing most of this anyway. But this gives an opportunity to... Uh, to think about it under a different perspective and then focus on it and then report back to the profession and your community, all those things you're doing, because these things will build trust. And while many communities have built great levels of trust, we can always enhance it. We can always uh, focus on it and we can always look at pockets of our community and try to do so just a little bit better. So under this umbrella of trust building, um, I have tasked our 27 committee chairs and 22 section chairs, as well as our four divisions and our leadership team of looking at these focus areas and these and these key practices and determining how in their spheres of influence, so their their committee membership, their section membership, and so on, how they can advance this trust building, um, how they can encourage more agencies to participate. As of uh, of late February, we have eighty agencies that are already committed, which is great, but a lot more opportunity there as well. So, so this focus uh, area or these these focus areas, and then this umbrella approach, will help us as a profession globally move forward in building trust in our communities in whatever way makes sense for that particular agency.
1: That's a Pretty unique campaign that you got going there, and uh, even though it might not be a heavy lift for organizations that are typically doing these things, that's a pretty heavy lift on the IACP for uh, focusing on this campaign and pushing it out. I know that it's gonna be uh, greatly successful moving forward.
0: It is a heavy lift, but it's very important. Because I think a lot of the things we do in law enforcement, we're our own best kept secret. And we need to let our communities know the good stuff that agencies are doing, how they, how our leaders are leading, how they're making sure that, that we are responsive and transparent and all those things. And, and this gives a vehicle for doing that. But it also gives us a vehicle to highlight the great work our police officers and agents and deputies and troopers are doing day in and day out under very difficult and trying and, and unsafe circumstances. But they're there to serve. Every day, we want our communities to see that, to understand it, and to really be our advocates. in, in knowing the the trust they have in uh, in their agencies and, and their their uh, their officers, and, and and this is is a great way to do it. While again, I think many agencies have built great trust. We, we can lose it quickly. You know, one bad incident is, is all it takes, as we know. But this hopefully will prevent some of that, but also will, will be that deposit in the bank or, or around trust in, in our various
1: communities across the globe. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as if this initiative wasn't big enough campaign for you as well, um, are there any other key highlights for the IACP this year? Any other things you're working on?
0: Oh, there's so much that's going on behind the scenes. Uh, you know, we we say often that ICP is a large, complex, uh, complicated organization. Uh, and it is. There's a lot going on. So coming up in early March is our Officer Safety and Wellness Symposium. Third or fourth year uh, of this symposium it will be in Anaheim, California. Uh, I will be attending, uh, doing the welcoming and, and some panel discussions. Looking forward to that. We have about a thousand people registered so far. Officer safety, officer wellness, critical in our profession. It's more dangerous and it's Ever been. Uh, We are seeing more assaults on law enforcement officers. We are seeing more trauma uh, that our officers face. And there's some great promising practices out there. And this will be a great opportunity to not only learn more about that, but help our officers be safe and be well. Very important stuff. All the resources of IACP will be available through that as well. Mass Violence Advisory Initiative is uh, something we've been focusing on. Let's hope that no other agency or community has to deal with incident of mass violence, but that is increasing as we know. Sadly, IACP has a number of subject matter experts who have dealt with this in their communities. From the chief perspective, the PIO perspective, the tactical team perspective, the patrol response perspective, all of those things, we've got now a cadre of subject matter experts who have dealt with this and learned lessons um, that we can uh, put together very quickly and provide as a resource to what agency that is now dealing with this, either in person, by phone, it doesn't have to be a complete team. It can be, hey, I need to talk to a PIO and get some tips. We can make that connection happen and, and, and help uh, an agency through lessons learned in, uh, in, in other places. So uh, so that program is uh, is up and running and all the stuff's on our website. Crytech, the Collaborative Response Initiative Technical Assistance Center, collaboration between IACP, Bureau of Justice Assistance. And other organizations uh, provides free training and technical assistance on a variety of topics. We get uh, requests for the highest areas now are leadership, community policing, community outreach, trust building, those kind of things. And there's a lot going on there. Uh, so again, more information on the website. ICP has been working closely with the Department of Homeland Security on intelligence and information sharing, and we hosted a summit in 2022. It's our third one. Previous summits, uh, things came out of that you're probably familiar with, like fusion centers and those concepts post 9-11. Well, we're learning that some of the advances we've made uh, probably need to be retooled a little bit. This summit has uh, uh, come up with some great recommendations between DHS and ICp. We are now in a process of of trying to implement and operationalize those through uh, already existing opportunities. Uh, but one thing we did add is the board voted at our uh, our winter board meeting just a few weeks ago to stand up an intelligence and information sharing section of the IACP, which will be a space for all of these organizations and, and thought leaders on this topic to to collaborate and, and share information. So so that will be coming out as well. There's so much more uh, going on. I, I know we are limited for time, but I would encourage listeners to go to the IACP website and uh, just spend a little time surfing around. And, uh, and you'll see some really great things that are going on in the IACP, uh, just like you would see in the National Academy Associates.
1: Absolutely. Well, Chief, thank you so much for your time and sharing this valuable insight with us. For more information on IACP and an update on the IACP trust building campaign, please go to the IACP.org website for more information. This concludes this episode of APB. Please join us again next month for another edition of our APB podcast series. Until then, stay safe, my friends.